shout out to Covenant Eyes for sponsoring this season of the podcast. Covenant Eyes has helped more than 1.5 million people find freedom from porn. Check out the link in the description to sign up and use the code ROSE at checkout to get 30 days free. Also want to give a big shout out to the supporters of this show. I would not be able to keep creating Bible-based productivity content without the help of people like you. So thank you. And if you're getting value out of this show, my newsletter, videos, or other productivity resources, consider becoming a supporter of Redeeming Productivity. You can do so through giving a one-time or recurring donation at redeemingproductivity.com donation, or by joining the Redeeming Productivity Patreon at patreon.com slash redeemingprod. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. Well, today I'm excited because I get to be joined by Marcy, who is the creator of Thankful Homemaker, where she provides truth-filled, gospel-driven encouragement to homemakers who, amid their ordinary days, desire to honor and glorify God in all things. Marcy, thanks for being here. So good to be here with you, Reagan. I love being on this side of the podcast with you because usually you are in my headphones. So thank you so much. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I think this will be fun. It's an area I've wanted to explore more and just wanted to find the right person to talk to about it because my wife is a full-time homemaker and uh, a lot of people who listen to my podcast are full-time homemakers. And I know that we share the same objective of trying to help other believers glorify God more with their lives. And homemaking is an important vocation to do that in. Amen. I agree with you on all that, Reagan. So good. So I wanted to start with you. I know that you didn't get saved until a little later in life. And I was wondering if maybe you could share a bit about your testimony and kind of the journey that brought you to creating resources for homemaking specifically. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. And really my first exposure to Christianity was when I met my husband His mom was the believer, and the day after our wedding was an Easter Sunday, and his dad came to faith. So it was just quite a turnaround in my husband's family, and that was a powerful picture of Christ put before us, just even in his dad's life and even in their marriage after that. So my husband's parents would share Jesus with us quite often. I knew they were praying for us, but one thing I loved about them is that they truly lived out the love of Christ just beautifully before us. They really served us well. They had such servants' hearts. They loved us well. And as much as I can remember them talking about Jesus, and I kind of roll my eyeballs and go, here they go again. They really did live out a powerful testimony before us. So that was hard to deny. My husband and I married very young. We grew up together. We really loved each other and our family. And I always like to to share that part of it because sometimes people always think that we have to be at the bottom to come to know Jesus. Doug and I were not at the bottom. We had a great life, just home, job, family. We just love to be together. But I just love how in God's sovereignty, he saved us at the ideal time in our life, even though I wasn't looking for Jesus. In my mind, I wasn't searching or looking, but the Lord graciously opened my eyes to truth. So I'm grateful for that. So even coming back to that, so I'm not raised in a Christian home. I was given some knowledge of Jesus through Doug's parents. But honestly, before coming to faith in Christ, 
I was clueless about who Jesus was and my sin. And I would have been one of those people that just thought, hey, I'm a really good person. So all is good here. I was attending this little church kind of to make Doug's parents happy or so I thought. It wasn't a Bible-believing church. You kind of know that when you study the Bible, but there's no Bible being used. So that was, <laughs> it should have been a flag to me, but it wasn't. Yeah, that's, a, that's a red flag. <laughs> my husband, who is not a believer either, is telling me that I'm wasting my time going to this church because they're not, he's like, you're not going to find Jesus there. So <laughs> here's two unbelievers. I'm thinking, oh my, but I didn't come to Jesus until I met a lady of all places at an exercise facility who was an excellent evangelist. She could not stop talking about Jesus. And I thought, I don't know Jesus like she knows Jesus. So we went to church with her one Sunday, just the kids and I, Doug stayed home. And all the way home in the car, I was wrestling with the gospel message I heard in the sermon that morning. That was probably the opening of my eyes that I was a sinner against a holy God. And I really heard and understand the gospel. So I'm so grateful the Lord redeemed me. My husband came to faith soon after. And so we married about 15 years before we came to know Jesus. And we raised our kiddos, a good majority of that time without Christ. Doug's dad was 50 when he came to know the Lord. So that always gives me hope with my unbelieving family. Mm -hmm. And I think about that quite frequently. So I would say that don't lose hope when you're praying for those unsaved family and loved ones, because we just never know when the Lord's going to get a hold no, of them. Absolutely. Well, I think yeah. it's interesting what you pointed out too about Obviously, we're always interested in the drama of a big before and after salvation testimony. You know, I was in the gutter, I was on drugs, and now I'm this. But it is just as much of a miracle to see someone converted who was a quote-unquote good person. And that's so important, too. And sometimes those are the people that you can grow the most discouraged about and be the least hopeful that they'll be saved because you almost hope, like, they're not at the end of their rope, so why would they come to Jesus, right? So it's encouraging to hear a, a testimony like that. That's like, no, things were pretty good, but we didn't have Jesus, and he can change the hearts. Oh, I'm so grateful. And just even from there, so even the changes that took place in our home after that was a huge difference, just how God's word changed our home. I was a full-time homemaker before I came to know the Lord, and my grandmother was just a beautiful example in my life of what, of what it really looked like to love your family and take care of your home. And I was, I can still picture her. My grandma lived to be 102 and I can still picture her singing as she was washing dishes and wearing her apron. There was always such joy in her doing her normal everyday tasks. So she instilled that love in me for homemaking. And this was even before Jesus. But now after coming to know the Lord, I really dove into getting a better understanding of my role now as a wife and a mother and a keeper of my home. My husband's mom was a lovely example of a Titus II woman to me, Reagan, just being loved out. She really helped me to see what it looked like to do all your work as unto the Lord. And then the homemaking resources or really my blog came about much later in my life. It was after our daughter got married and she moved to Norway with her husband and her husband, Ruben, my daughter, Amber, and her husband, Ruben, he's Norwegian. So she started blogging and encouraged me to start a blog in the spirit of Titus too, just sharing what I'm learning. And so I started small, not really sure what I was doing, but it, it, it grew over time, got a bit more techie. My kids tease me. I'm a pretty techie grandma now for the most part. Um, <laughs> not still... Not very far, but I, I think I've advanced a little more than at the beginning. So that has been good. But I've really just enjoyed sharing what the Lord is teaching me 
and the things that I'm learning and the things I have learned over the years in my role as a wife and a mother and a homemaker. And my husband encouraged me to start a podcast and I've loved that. And I'm sure that as much as I'm writing on the page, now people can hear my voice. So that I really appreciate. And I've, mm -hmm. I've been doing that for several years now. And my husband is my podcast editor, so I'm super grateful for him for that. He's uh, well, he probably he's comes probably... a lot cheaper than the standard rate. <laughs> it does, and he's in it for life. So I don't know if you realize that, but for as long as I do this, because I've never quite determined that I want to learn how to do it right, and so he's. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would you if you've got a free editor? <laughs> Super grateful for him. He yes. is my biggest encourager too. I always love to share that because he is. He just encourages me and what I'm doing. So that's a huge help too. That's I sweet. love that. I love it. So one of the things I love about your ministry is it's very scripture based. Unlike <laughs> that church you first visited, yeah, it comes through in everything you do that you have a high view of the scriptures, high view of the sufficiency of scripture to give us guidance of, of how we live in the mundane things of life. And I love that. And you do really like deep dives into the scriptures too. And you do stuff that's very practical as well. And so I was wondering, maybe how do you think about that? How do you marry those things where you're, you're giving practical advice, but also deep theology, deep scripture? Yeah, thank you for that, Regan. I'm really, I am super grateful for God's work in my heart and life. And I know the impact that his word has had on my life. So I know there are people when they're looking for a homemaking podcast and maybe they come across mine and then they listen and they're like, why is Thankful Homemaker doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount? Or why is she talking about the spiritual disciplines? And I do talk a, a lot about cleaning and routines and menu planning and all that good stuff. And I, I was like, I get practical because I love practical and I have podcasts and posts on all those things and really on the why and what we do in our homes, why it matters to the Lord's. But this is my big one. I'm always so reminded myself that when I spend time studying and understanding how to properly apply God's word to every aspect of what I do, that that's going to have the greatest impact on my home and my family. So as the Lord is changing my heart attitudes to line up with his, that's when the gospel is going to impact how I love my husband and my children and others and how I care and manage for my home. So it's just that constant reminder for me to do all my work is unto the Lord. And I always come back to those verses in Titus too. And I, I know we know these all so well as women, but we tend to forget them at times. And I just love how the apostle Paul just lays out very practically what it looks like for the church to conduct themselves. I, I think he covers everybody in those Titus passages. You know, he's dealing with the older men and younger men. And those instructions really help us to live together as a body of believers in obedience to the Lord and in unity with one another. That's big. We've been talking about that a lot in my private Facebook group, just the unity aspect of the importance of that in the church. And then that carries over into our homes. And this is the big one people miss. That gives us a beautiful witness to those people outside the body of Christ, just like Doug's parents. They gave me a beautiful witness and testimony of Christ. So it's impactful in our homes and churches, but life's lived out in obedience to God's word is a beautiful witness to a lost world. And it, one of my favorite verses in Titus 2.10 is where it says that in everything that they may adorn or make beautiful the doctrine of God, our savior. So our godly behavior adorns the gospel and puts on display the beauty of Jesus to a watching world. And 
part of that watching world that sometimes people forget are those little feet, those little children in your home that they are a mission field to those mamas out there. Maybe your spouse who doesn't know the Lord or other family members or your neighbors, whoever you're showing hospitality to. We always have the witness too outside those four walls of our home, but that witness in our home is powerful. So I always say we should desire, as it says in Titus 2.10, that in everything we may adorn the doctrine of God, our savior. And I think first Corinthians 10 31 is our other one, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do that, whatever is pretty, pretty clear, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's no getting net. around that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that whatever is cooking and cleaning and running errands and wiping noses and giving hugs and loving on our family. And so that should be our desire as Christian women. We should desire to glorify the Lord in all we do. And it has to begin with knowing what the word says. So mm. I think of it so, this is a roundabout way to get there, Reagan, but I'm getting there. So <laughs> I think of it so simply that now he is my father and I'm to reflect the image of my father to a lost and dying world. And I'm to bring him glory and all I do. So I get it. I'm not going to do this perfectly, but it's something I should be continually striving for until he calls me home. This gets lived out in our practical life by just going about what the Lord has appointed us to do for the day. And my hope at the end, when I do that is I always want to point women to want to dig deeper into God's word on their own and to see the importance of it and how by knowing and hiding God's word in your heart, how God changes us from the inside out and it affects everything we do because God's word is so practical. It changes how we deal with the ordinary mundane tasks of our day. And we all have those, whatever area of life we're in. And we're reminded it's to be done with thankful and joyful hearts and attitudes. And we have so much to be thankful for being in Christ. I kind of end it there really. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like how you talked about how part of adorning the gospel with your behavior it's to put that on display. And a lot of times the audience for a homemaker is those little ones. And it, it is, I know, easy to overlook that they are observing you. They are seeing you. And I think parents often recognize that they're going to imitate the things I do. But it's a higher calling than that. You, you're not just wanting them not to cuss or something. You, you want um, them to see what a, a gospel-filled, Christ-centered life looks like. And it reminds me of, you know, in when Paul's writing to Timothy and he talks about his mother and his grandmother and the impact they had on his life, it's very easy to underestimate those things. And I think that brings me to the next question I have for you. I see very often in your writing and in your podcast, the subject of contentment comes up a lot. And I think it's implied even in the title, The Thankful Homemaker. I was wondering, why do you think that contentment is a common struggle for homemakers? Well, I think it is a common struggle for most of us. I know it comes, I write a lot about it and talk a lot about it because I know in my own heart and mind, I'm an inside grumbler and complainer. It might not always be coming out, but it's going on in my mind and in my heart. So, and and it's not even, we can so easily find ourselves discontent in our circumstances. Maybe we're comparing our lives to others, or maybe we're just getting caught up in what I always call the if only thinking, like if only this were different, then all would be good. And that's where I know even I can find myself grumbling and complaining over things I need to take care of each day. And I know as a homemaker, most of my tasks are pretty mundane. Like I'm not going to get the homemaker of the year award because I got all the laundry done that day. It's just nobody may even notice that I did the laundry. They may notice I didn't do the laundry, but they're probably not going to notice <laughs> yeah. that I did. <laughs> so, so if I'm looking for others 
or my circumstances to find contentment, it's just not going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so many times we can lose focus of this important ministry of the care of our families and homes the Lord has given us. And we do this because we lose focus first and foremost of who we are in Christ. And it's kind of funny. I heard something today and it was a quote and I don't know who it was quoted by, but he said sometimes to say, instead of saying who I am in Christ to say, who's I am, like, who do I belong to? So I think in those moments when we're forgetting that we need to be reminded of what already is true, that we need that reminder of our identity in Christ. And that's my primary calling as a believer, because from there, then I can begin to live out my secondary calling as my other roles I have as a wife and a mom and a homemaker. I, then I can live that out with hope and joy, but we can so often look everywhere else outside of who God says we are to find our identity. And then it's going to be all distorted if I'm looking for it in that role. So our contentment's going to be lost and we're not going to find satisfaction in that role. We're going to lose it. And I've shared with, I share this all the time, but one of my favorite books by Jerry Bridges is that, who am I? And I love that book. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, like, if I, I always say every believer should read that book, but Jerry Bridges tells us in that book, as he does in some of his others, how we should be preaching the gospel to ourselves every day, because we forget and we fall in a work mentality and we forget God's goodness and bringing us to himself through his, through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. And the key point I need to be reminded of, this is key is that my identity is not in being a wife, a mother, a daughter or employee. I'm not something because of those titles, but I'm something because I'm in Christ. And I think sometimes we all need the reminder that we don't need to be more to matter because as a Christian, we already matter to the one capital there who matters. And so our starting place needs to be the gospel. And that's really key. When we remind it, then our emotions and our responses, they're shaped daily by that. And our contentment and our role as homemakers and wives and mothers begins with finding our satisfaction in Christ. So whatever I talk about, Reagan, I want to bring it back to there. So that's, that's key because I know I need that myself and I know I'm not yeah. alone in that. No, amen. It strikes me. There's almost like a grace in being in a calling that maybe is less visible or less prone to get praise from the world or other people, because we all have the same struggle there where we derive our contentment from the wrong sources. Like everybody, your contentment should be from who you are in Christ. But sometimes to me on your vocation or what you're calling in life is it you're in a position where it's easier to get the praise of people and get that replacement satisfaction identity from them. And there's almost a grace even in, in being a homemaker where some of much of what you do is not noticed by other people. Nobody's going to clap you on the back and say, wow, that was great. It just, you only get noticed when it doesn't happen. But there's a grace in that, I think, because it forces you to remember, oh yeah, my contentment has to come from Christ. I, I'm not going to search for it in one of these supplemental fake sources of identity. Oh, that's so good, Reagan, and that's so true. Yeah. Now for a word from this season's sponsor. One of the most unproductive things you can do is allow sin to have a foothold in your life. And in our digital age, it's easier than ever to give in to that temptation. Covenant Eyes offers two apps that give you one simple path to victory. First, the Covenant Eyes sensor app operates in the background of your devices monitoring them for concerning activity and blocking explicit content. Second, the Victory app provides your ally with the most up-to-date information about your online activity. If explicit activity is detected, an alert will pop up encouraging them to contact you. 
The Victory app is also full of resources and courses to help you grow in your battle against lust. And Covenant Eyes gives you the tools you need to make the right decision when you're tempted online. Covenant Eyes has helped more than 1.5 million people find freedom from porn, and maybe it can help you too. Just go to CovenantEyes.com and use the code ROSE, that's R-O-S-E, at checkout to try it free for 30 days. What are other maybe unique challenges for Christian homemakers in terms of productivity and how they use their time? So a big one for me can be distractions because like you said, we're there, I'm available to everyone and their needs and everybody just assumes that you don't have it, you know, I'm just there so people know that they can call me or if they need something, I'm always available. So I know sometimes it can be hard for me how to manage my days when I've got this great plan laid out and I'm going to be really productive and nothing goes as planned. But I'm always reminding myself <laughs> that I'm a good reminder to myself. Right? <laughs> just, somebody said to keep talking to yourself. And I do have to keep talking to myself <laughs> that my day went as God desired it to go. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I do know that it can be hard as a wife and mom to plan your days because your time is, it's at the disposal of everyone. And mamas are always usually found taking care of the needs of others when there's that sick child or somebody needs to ride somewhere. So a lot of times it means that your agenda gets set aside as you meet the needs of your family and others. And honestly, that is probably the biggest struggle for me in managing my days. I get up thinking I'm just going to go through this task list and then I check off one item and, but nothing else got tended to the rest of the day. And this is where we talked to, we were just from before. It's kind of different because it's not like you're going into the office and you're clocking in and you're working eight hours and it's on your schedule and you're mm -hmm. going to do as a full-time homemaker, you're on call 24-7 and we have things maybe we'd like to get accomplished, but many times it just gets set on the back burner when there's more important items or other priorities. And even trying to figure that out can be hard. What is the priority? So I think it can be a struggle to do that. And I know how much you already know how beneficial it is for um, us to have a good morning routine. That's key. I, I think that's a really helpful area and starting your day. And it's always an area I encourage my mamas, even with those littles at talk, even if it's 15 minutes, if they can get time in the word and prayer and able to meditate on what they've read and just prioritize that time first thing in the morning. And I shared before, if your littles are up early, then include them in your time in the morning and let them sit there and read the scriptures with them and pray with them. I just think there's ways to get around that. They are not, your children are not a distraction. They are your most important word. So it's always remembering that. And I, I know it's not a law for mornings, but I know how much when my thoughts are directed and my attitudes to a heavenly perspective early, it really shapes my priorities for the day. And usually that's going to shape how I deal with those interruptions that I, or I don't have to link to call them interruptions, but what they're, whatever it's really an appointment from the Lord more than it's an yeah, interruption. Right. So, right. <laughs> on, on something that you didn't plan for, at least. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God ordains my days, right? That's another reminder. Yes. God ordains my days and he appoints my portion. So women, if distractions are an issue or just prioritizing, I think starting your time in the word first thing, and then just praying over your to-do list for the day and just really doing that with an open hand to the Lord, like you want to make the best use of your time and be productive, but just seeking the Lord's help to remind yourself that he is establishing your steps because too often we can forget that. And, and then we can get frustrated and 
We're going to fall into a sinful pattern that's not going to be helpful to us or anybody around us. So they aren't taken away from our real work. They are the real work the Lord has given yeah. us. So I think that's huge. And then the other, the my home and the upkeep of it, it isn't unimportant by any means. Like I'm not saying don't do anything, just <laughs> well, we need to do that. It's an area I need, I have stewardship over and he desires me to care well for my home and those in it. But we're never going to finish everything we need, we think needs to be done in a day, but we're going to finish the work the Lord ordained for our days. And there's always going to be tomorrow. And I, I always know that whatever needs to get done, it usually gets done. Maybe not in my time, but in God's perfect time. And I, I don't want my productivity to be this end goal and miss what the higher goal is the Lord has in mind. And that's our sanctification. And that's key. Jesus lived a very short a very productive life. And he stated to his father, I finished the work you gave me to do. So these moments or days that seem mundane or not very spiritual, they are the work the Lord has given us. And the, the Bible doesn't tell us to be the one who gets the most done, but it does tell us to redeem the time we've been given. And we do that by making the best use of it. So I just think as we're living in obedience to God, we're going to get things done in, in the right way with the right heart attitudes and just trust him in that. And reminding ourselves that he appoints our portion and our days and they're not interruptions. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> no, amen. Yeah. I think that's having that walk with the Lord and being consistent and having your mind shaped by the scriptures allows you to respond to things in the right way, even when they're not according to plan. Like I don't know about you, but for me, I want to plan everything out. I want every day to be consistent. I just want things to go exactly how they're supposed to be. And life unfolds much more organically than that. And the thing that enables you to respond rightly to a change in plans is whether you are walking with the Lord, you're thinking his thoughts after him because your mind is filled with the scriptures and your heart's filled with the spirit. I think that's so critical because when it comes to time management and productivity, it's so easy just to focus on the techniques and, and the, the, the tools and like the scheduling. And you just forget that the the best way to manage your time is to be a, the kind of person who is walking with the Lord that that values the things he values. And that enables you to change priorities right on the fly. When someone needs something and it, it messes up your perfect schedule, well, I, you know, that's a higher priority. I need to go. I need to go do that. That's what the Lord's called me to. I can crumple up the schedule and not be frustrated. I just throw it out and say, okay, this is, this is the new plan. But you're not going to get there if you kind of are so heads down, just focused on how, how do I manage it? It's got to be much more um, walking the Lord. No, those are good reminders, Rick. And, I, and that's why even as a homemaker, I need that reminder continually to myself because I can get caught up with, hey, I've got like two more tasks to get done today and something comes up and I don't, I want to know that that is more important. And there is always tomorrow. Like how often do I know that, that it always gets done? Just reminding myself that. Well, it seems like the, the challenge shift throughout different stages of life to for homemakers, for anybody, but for homemakers, especially, I just look back on my marriage and when my wife and I were both, we didn't have kids yet and we were both working. It, the challenges were unique. It was, I remember like we'd spend all Saturday every week doing laundry and like cleaning up. Like that was our life. We'd work all week, then do that. And even in that, we didn't realize how much free time we had and how much time we wasted. And then when you have, we have two little kids right now and it's a whole different ball game, you know, to try to, to keep up with them and try to be productive. 
And then I even think down the line and watching my mother go through this and other people, the empty nesters, a retirement, like it seems like there's different challenges in different stages of life, particularly for homemakers where even some of the temptations might even be different. Like one temptation might be to feel overwhelmed and to be panicked. And in another end, it might be to be lazy because there's nothing, there's no outside requirement pressing in on you. What are some things you would share about challenges or advice for people in, in those different stages of life? Yeah. So I know a challenge for me was when I became an empty nester, because now I've been a full-time homemaker and I, I homeschooled and all of a sudden I, I don't have those same responsibilities. And I remember somebody asking me once like, well, now what are you going to do that the kids are gone? And I thought, well, I think I'm going to do what I'm still doing. I'm just going to still encourage my daughter. And I had to think through that a little bit, but really each season is going to bring new challenges and adjustments. And I think that's good because I can be really set in my habits and patterns. So I think the Lord knows that I need change or I'll get too stuck in my routines. And it's like, this is the way I always do it, especially it's getting worse as I get older. But my go-to scripture, like I'm, I don't have a life verse, but if I did, it would be that Matthew chapter six, verses 33 to 34, that seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And this is my key one. Do not be anxious for tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And those those two verses have been comforting verses for me that they sum up how I'm to live as God's child. I'm to make his righteousness attractive in all areas and seasons of my life. And it's my marriage, my parenting, my changing parenting, my grandparenting now, my impact outside my home to my church family and my neighbors. And then how do I do that? I just have to do it one day at a time. Actually, sort of what we were talking about before, one day at a time. I know there's going to be hard days ahead because we know this as Christians that there's going to be suffering and trials as part of this life on this fallen earth. Like as I'm aging, it's my family teases me, but I'm planning my funeral because I'm thinking about just, <laughs> I'm thinking about what I, who that's, I want. That's to peak re-watch. productivity right there. That's when you've arrived <laughs> when you're that, when you plan that far out in advance. <laughs> oh, just lately, I just feel like people in my age bracket, I've, I've been at more funerals than I would like to be. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I really need to think about this. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. um, that is important. Yes. <laughs> But I can get a little too caught up in that Reagan by thinking too much about (laughs) tomorrow and the if allies and the whens. And we can all do that. Like think about, I think about the young single person can be thinking, if only I was married, all would be good. Or, Or the young couple, if only we had children and whatever it might be. And in the end, I don't know what the future holds and none of us have any idea what is ahead of us. So that's where that next part of that Matthew chapter 34, just, it reminds me, that all these changing seasons and challenging seasons that I don't know what the future holds, but I do know the one who holds us. And he tells me I don't have to worry about it. So maybe not all these mamas struggle with what I do, like the sin of worrying or what effing or planning your funeral. But if you do, to just be reminded and bring your heart and mind back to the truth that we are continually to be seeking his kingdom in all those seasons. And because when we do that, those changing seasons, it's not that they're not hard or, but they're, I say they're not hard. They're not challenging somewhere, I guess. It's not, I have more of a trust and a rest in God's goodness in them. And I can look at them as a gift from the Lord that he's teaching us and he's growing us and he's sanctifying us and he's molding us more and more into the image of Jesus in each season. And 
because from there it sets our hearts right. And when our hearts are right, our priorities get set right. I think that's key. And God's going to provide everything I need. And so often what, what we think we need in those seasons, we didn't, but God knew what we needed. And again, it comes back to that reality of our sanctification, that those seasons are going to make us more and more like Jesus. And the greatest benefit too, that we get when we're seeking this kingdom first, we're going to find that we're going to be content in that. So I, I think that's really key through all those changing seasons of life. Well said. Now, I know for me, running an online ministry, doing redeeming productivity, it can sort of take over my life if I'm not careful, if I don't set boundaries around it. So I'm just curious, how do you balance your responsibilities as a wife, as a homemaker, as a mother, grandmother? How do you balance that with running the thankful homemaker? Do you block out certain days or times or how, how do you practically manage your time? Yeah. So this is the challenge for me at times, Reagan. It took me a real bit to settle into a routine where I really wasn't feeling overwhelmed with my day-to-day -day responsibilities in my home and family, and even prioritizing ministering to my church family. And so for me, I had to say, okay, these are my priority. And I'm really super thankful the Lord has allowed me to do what I do, that I get to do this podcast and blog. And I'm always thinking, I probably overthink this sometimes about what it looks like to be a good steward of my time. And that's one of the reasons I love being part of your community, because it's been a huge help to me to work through some of this. I'm really big on routine, and that's how I work through my day. So I do utilize a morning and an evening routine, and they encompass some of my home care items. So I always say, if my day went totally different from how I planned it, and really even if all I got to was my morning routine, I got quite a bit done. So I'm a planner. Obviously, if I mentioned my funeral planning, everybody probably already knows I'm a planner. <laughs> and at the start of each year, I have this overview of the content and goals. And I like to call them my spiritual priorities that I'd like to accomplish. So I, I have these seven categories that I work through. And it came from a little book I read many years ago as a young believer. It was called Shopping for Time, but it was really helpful for me. It had the areas of growing godliness, love my family, serve in the church, fellowship with Christians, evangelize non-Christians, attend to my work and care for my physical health. So it kind of encompassed everything mm -hmm. for me. And I'll just take time and look at it and ask questions to myself. Like, what am I doing well? What needs to change? Where am I weak? Where do I need to grow? So I'll work through the spiritual priorities in those categories. And so it's not overwhelming to me. I break them down into doable steps and I'll, I'll break them down into quarters of the year from there. And then from there monthly and weekly, and not everything I write down gets done that year, even necessarily, or even the next year, it might get carried over, but some tasks may be quick, like one and done kind of tasks, like simple things. Like some, my big one a lot is I want to be more consistent in my evangelism and just being conscious of it. And one step for me to do that is to make sure I have really good solid tracks with me, like in my purse or in my car. So that may be on my list and that's just a one and done and it's finished. Or maybe my book list for the year needs tended to. So I'll just take care of that and it's done. I don't block out time. I have so tried that and it does not work for me to set mm, blocks yeah. of time. I'm just not, I can't do it. But I do set boundaries and this has been big for me. Like I only write and create content during the work week, during normal work hours. Now, when it comes to keeping the home and keeping things in some degree under control, do you have any strategies, any tips for how to keep a schedule with that, how to make sure that that doesn't become overwhelming? 
Yeah, this is huge, Rachel, because a lot of young wives and mothers, and I know even me starting out as a young mama, that was overwhelming to me from cooking and cleaning and menu planning. So on those Sunday nights, when I weekly plan, I also menu plan for the week because I think that's huge. That really takes a lot off my mind of what I'm cooking and doing. And I am a grocery shopper on Monday. So I do Monday through Friday have certain days of the week that I clean certain parts of my home. And when I say that, I may be spending just 30 minutes. So if, if you know, Tuesday I'm cleaning the bedrooms, I may say, hey, I'm going to spend 30 minutes and then I'll go over certain tasks there. And whatever doesn't get done, gets done the next week. So nothing is overwhelming. But Mondays, I call it, and it's a term from a cleaning lady called Flyly, but it's called a weekly home blessing. And that's the day that I just literally go through and give my house a quick feather dust vacuum and a tidy. So I have a baseline for the week. I grocery shop Mondays. And then the other days of the week, I break my home down into separate rooms and spend 30 minutes to maybe an hour on them, sometimes less. But then if I don't get to a certain area that week, it's never overwhelming. It's going to come around next week. So that works out great. But then we're not doing that on the weekends. Our Saturday is our family day and church is our Sunday. And it makes it very nice. So I really work so hard to stick with. And I did that with the kids at home. We had chores that we did regularly. So they knew what needed to get done too. And that was a help. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. It's like scheduled maintenance. That I think is so important because it's easy to get overwhelmed. Like, I mean, everyone's probably had the experience of, oh, we're having guests over tomorrow. Let's spend the entire day cleaning. And it's, that's such a bummer. And that's such a sad way to spend a Saturday, especially with when that's one of the few days you get to be with the whole family. So I, I love that. So you just break it down into a nice little system, huh? I do. And then, you know, Reagan, to some degree, you're always company ready to, to at some point. If anybody would walk in, I mean, my normal day to, you know, there may be some dishes in the sink or my grandbabies are over. We're going to have toys out. And I don't consider that a mess by any means, but I have some semblance of order and it's continuing to get rid of the clutter and to tidy. And when there's a place for everything, then clutter doesn't begin to develop. So that's key. And we're going to be, we're going to be decluttering our whole life on this earth. I don't know that that yeah. ever ends, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is something about having that, those consistent patterns to it. Cause I think sometimes you get the, the sense that, well, some people just must have so much more time, but I think for a lot of us, like the, the managing our time, managing our life isn't about having big chunks of time. It's just about having simple plans consistently executed just over the long term. And eventually they turn into a habit. I imagine you've been doing this for a while. I imagine you just, you know what Mondays look like, you know what Tuesdays look like, and it just becomes normal and not overwhelming. And it just seems like such a more peaceful way to live. It, it is, Reagan. I don't feel overwhelmed with that anymore. So I'm super grateful. And even... Even when my kids left home, I, I don't have the same messes. I have different messes and different things going on, but I also don't have those helpers I used to have in the house. So I That's missed true. that a little bit. <laughs> you lost the staff. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so well, it's so kids. neat, I'm sure, to bring the kids in with it. They're learning the skills and they're learning discipline and they get to spend time with you and not just playing, but learning a little bit of structure. That's so nice. Yeah, it is fun. It's even fun now with the grandkids to be able to cook alongside them and, and even work with them in my home when they're here. They're good little helpers with me, but those are sweet times. So I'm grateful for that. And that's helping them as they're going to grow up and have their own homes one day. So those are all life yeah. skills we need. Now, Marcy, do you have resources on the Thankful Homemaker for things like meal planning and scheduling and things like that? 
I do. I have a free library to email subscribers that they can grab them. I have so many various podcasts and posts, Reagan. So if people get in there and do the search bar or just click on homemaking, they can find all that in there and even in the list of my podcasts. So my blog's pretty searchable. If you put a, a term in the search bar, something will pop up. And what's the URL? Is it Thankful Homemaker or The Thankful Homemaker? It's literally thankfulhomemaker.com. That's a great URL. so let's let's finish with this question what is the single piece of advice that you would give to a new homemaker they're looking towards getting married maybe they just got married or or they've just had kids they're they're coming home from the the workplace they said okay i'm I'm gonna be part-time full-time homemaker but this place is gonna be my domain what would you tell that person it's a good question this is one i wish somebody would have told me so Once you are in Christ, there is no separation of secular and sacred, that we don't tend to think of the daily tasks in our home as sacred, but in Christ now, all of life is sacred. And we are going to live most of our lives in the ordinary. It's going to be in the dishes and the laundry and the caring for our families where we're going to find ourselves. And these ordinary moments are where our primary ministry takes place. So my hope to the younger and even those older homemakers out there, because we tend to forget is that we're going to remember that God's higher purposes are being worked out in our seemingly ordinary days and that your role as a worker at home, it matters to God. And you can find contentment and joy in caring for your home and family when you keep your eyes on Christ and his calling for your life, because our contentment and our homemaking, it's going to begin with finding our satisfaction in Christ. Amen. Well said, Marcy. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been such a, a fun conversation. I hope helpful for people. The website is thankfulhomemaker.com. Make sure you guys check it out. But thank you for being here, Marcy. Reagan, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to get some time with you today. So thank you. For more productivity from a Christian worldview, check out my weekly newsletter, Reagan's Roundup. Every Thursday, I share an insight along with the five best links I found that week that I think will help you in your journey to becoming a more productive Christian. It's totally free. Just go to newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com to sign up for Reagan's Roundup. That's newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com.